Are you there, God? It's us, Sid King and Becca Stevenson. Welcome to the Good Girls Gone Sad podcast, where we unpack our childhood drama and try to figure out why we are the way we are. We're here to answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? Today's guest is the incredibly talented Hannah Jones. Hannah is a stand-up comedian, writer, and improviser based in Denver, Colorado. After being homeschooled in a conservative religious co-op, her irreverent takes on sex, dating, and gender politics are as original as they are deeply uncomfortable for her mother to hear. We will obviously get into that later in the episode. She is open for Josh Gondelman, Atsuko Katsuka, and Todd Berry, and has been invited to the Beast Village Altercation and High Plains Comedy Festivals. She performs at DIY shows all over town and is a regular at Denver Comedy Works. Above all of that, she holds the career-defining title of the 2007 Fayetteville Christian Homeschool Chess Club's Most Improved and has been improving ever since. I guarantee you've probably seen her on TikTok or Instagram Reels. She's at Hannah Jones Cool, and she literally performs all over the country. So be sure to check her out on social media to figure out where she's going to be next. All right, good girls. Without further ado, it's Hannah Jones. Sorry, what time zone are you in? Mountain standard time. Mountain. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's 5 p.m. for me. Um, you might be our mountaineer. Yeah. <laughs> you actually might well, be. It's funny because most of Denver, I mean, everyone kind of pictures the west side of Denver that's very mountainous, but the majority of Denver is very like Kansas. And if you go east of Denver, it's it's already Kansas and it just keeps being Kansas until Kansas. If you I would not have been able to tell you that Kansas and Colorado were beside each other. Like there's no way in hell. <laughs> They're we just all geography. in the middle. <laughs> I, yeah, I have this thing where it's like geography is none of my business. It's kind of like very personal where people live. Why would I know that? Um, yeah, because to me, Kansas is Kansas City. To me, Kansas is Missouri. And I feel like an insider for knowing that like Kansas and Missouri are next to each other. Well, literally, Kansas City being in Missouri is very like, what are they not telling us? Like, very. Have we yeah. ever uh, dug deeper into that? Well, it's half and half. There's a Kansas City, Kansas, and a Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I found that out when I was like nine, and it it made me so upset because that was the kind of kid that I was, <laughs> like very rule oriented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> broke the rules I know yeah I feel like that's a perfect segue into your good girl origin story it really is but wait I have to say something about okay. Kansas City real quick so my old roommate Lucy is from Kansas City and she's from Kansas City Missouri and mm-hmm. when I like I don't even know that I knew as an adult that there were two of them but I met somebody one time and I was like oh so you're from Kansas and he was like no Kansas City Missouri only weird people live in Kansas City Kansas and I was like is that a thing? And then years later, I am rooming with Lucy and I was like, oh, you're from Kansas City, Missouri. Like, I hear that's the cool one. Only losers live in Kansas City, Kansas. And then she was like, wait, who said that to you? I wonder if I know him. I told her she knew him. He was like a family friend and they had moved to Kansas City, Kansas. (laughs) She was so I just I loved that. I think about it all the time. I that's so me. Anytime someone says a nugget that sounds really cool. I'm like, yeah, like only losers live in Kansas City, Kansas. I will like repeat that for the rest of my life. Even (laughs) if that person is totally weird and I don't stand behind that at all. And I've met plenty of pleasant people. I'd be like, yeah, that's so true. (laughs) Well, I love a take. And so if somebody provides Mm -hmm. me with a take Mm -hmm. that I don't yet know is wrong, then like, I might go with it. (laughs) I think there is an arc to being a New Yorker when you get here, like, yeah, New Jersey, the worst. But then you go, it's not so bad. And then you get scorned by enough people from New Jersey that you go New Jersey bad again, but you have to earn your New Jersey bad, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm still New Jersey fine. How do you, you feel about that's how they feel in Kansas city? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm neutral on New Jersey. I've, I've been to like a really nice apartment in Jersey city that had a pool on the roof and I get the vibe. So I'm, I'm like, so you know? pro New Jersey. I love it. Me and my sister drove up to Atlantic City for my 21st birthday party Iconic because no more girls. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I spent my 21st in Atlantic City. I ordered a martini for my first drink Ooh. in a casino and it was vile. It was disgusting. I didn't finish it. Yeah, but- I, I don't even think I could drink a martini now and I've I was going to say I've been 21 for nine years. No, I'm 30. <laughs> How old are you? 21. How long have you been? 21. Nine years. 
it's the vermouth. Like I like I could just take a shot of vodka. Yeah, I don't yeah. like vermouth. I could do vodka. I think I could Nobody likes vodka. vermouth except for like r- r- girls who are so dedicated to the bit of liking martinis like yeah. vermouth, but it's like it's really um kind of speaks to the power of manifestation because I feel like if you put so much brain energy into I am going to like martinis, you can I don't have it in me personally, but I could see a version of myself that would do that. Yeah. And I I think everyone has it in them because everyone drinks coffee and it's empirically disgusting. But it's a drug. (laughs) It feels so good. I warmed to coffee. Like, I feel like you start off with like, you know, a Frappuccino and then you like gateway drug your way into drinking regular coffee. Coffee flavored ice cream is actually the marijuana of caffeine. Yeah. I yeah. did go on a date Got with somebody it. one time and he ordered an IPA and I was like, I've never been able to get on board with IPAs. And he was like, well, I didn't like IPAs either, but then somebody made fun of me for it. So I started liking them. And then I he started making fun of you. <laughs> and the thing about this man is I cried about him for a while and no. he told me that he forced himself to like IPAs for like clout or something. So. Have you seen the, uh, the girl on TikTok who changes all of her like exes into the re- like an ick. So she when she goes to text them. So his That's would be smart. force himself to like IPAs. Yeah. Well, I normally call him ghosting Daniel, but that maybe is giving him too much power. So I should yeah. probably call him. No. Disgusting. I mean, not disgusting. Forced IPA want. lover Daniel. Did you <laughs> anyway, see? We'd the- love to hear your good girl origin story. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, did you see the TikTok? <laughs> I do um, love this game. Do, do love, we love seeing TikToks. Um, no, there was this girl on TikTok who changed all of her ex's names to the grave emoji <laughs> so that she couldn't tell them apart and text yeah. them back. That's okay. Sad. My good girl origin story. So I was relate. So how familiar are you with the Duggars? Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I've never watched the show, but I have seen a lot of TikToks about it. So okay. I'm so pretty familiar now. I did they, watch the show. I was like modern day little house on the prairie. I'm in. Yeah. That's, uh, kind was of. My, I was also <laughs> raised very religious, like very Catholic really? though. I don't know if that's where you were going. Mm. So I was like, the Duggars are fine. It was we were to, like their the, long skirts are beautiful. <laughs> well the, the a lot of kids I was already on board with and I think that's the thing that freaks people out because Catholic. Um mm. so once I was past that, I was like, they do so many chores. That seems fun. They're all helping. I don't feel that way now. Yeah. Well, so they were raised in like a religious setting. There's this guy, there's this guy who has, it's not like a church and it's not like a school, but it's like a religious curriculum that he sells to like homeschoolers. And it's got like this whole set of doctrine with it about like patriarchal family structures and shit. And that was like heavily influenced my, the community that I grew up in and that I was homeschooled in. So most of my friends had like eight kids. My mom was actually made fun of for only having four, not made fun of, but they were like looked down on for only having four kids, Um, which is insane. But it's very like rule oriented, like deny yourself any pleasure setting. And it's so bad for so many reasons. For me, honestly, I kind of did like those, like there's right and wrong and it's incredibly strict. And I can like learn the rules and then not go to hell. And I don't have to question anything else existentially. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. we relate pretty hard to that. <laughs> the like black and whiteness of it all. And you can just be like, this is right. This is wrong. Don't have sex. You're good. Like whatever it is, that mm-hmm. is something that we very much feel. What is the curriculum called? I was watching some TikToks about it. I'm like, I swear I read the news, but I also get a lot of news from TikToks. But I was I was watching a TikTok where a girl was talking about like growing up with that homeschool curriculum and it like kind of rang some bells for me, but I wasn't super familiar. I think it's called ATI or AIT or something. We, my mom tried using it for a little bit, but then she didn't feel it was like academically rigorous enough. And my mom used to be a teacher before she homeschooled us. So she's like, I don't want my kids to be stupid. Like they need to get a real education because it's very, I mean, it doesn't teach you anything except for like, well, because the idea is the girls don't have to know anything. I, we had family friends growing up. I swear to God, this is true. Our family friends would say, 
the boys go to college and the girls get braces because they had 10 kids and they couldn't afford to get them all braces and they couldn't afford to send them all to college. But if they're going to like invest in their kids' futures, it's important for the boys to like go to college and get jobs. And it's important for the girls to like be hot to get husbands. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. That's wild. Well, that's pretty black and white. Like that's, yeah, you know, it's clear enough. Message received. Got it. The two genders, braces in college. <laughs> Literally the two genders. Wow. So were you homeschooled all the way through school? Yeah. Wow. All the way through. And then I went to UNC Chapel Hill from being homeschooled, which is like the worst uh, immediate juxtaposition of all time. I was so fish out of water. That's a tough transition. Yeah. Well, the weird thing is, is that they always say that like homeschooled kids do fine academically in college because we're used to like managing our own time mm-hmm. completely, like the all the hours of the day. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, um, no, I, I love I it. Kenneth's like, <laughs> cat is like, um, what's it called? Uh, silhouetted in the window, Just looking gorgeous. Slowly waltzing across the window. It's Pride Very Rock Sabrina. back there. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but but homeschooled kids obviously struggle like socially because it's like so I mean isn't it like 24,000 people or something between everyone yeah something like that I mean Carolina is not like huge huge but it's big and it felt like I went to a big high school and it felt really big to me so I can only imagine. <laughs> Let it be known. We both, I mean, I struggled socially in college and I went to school. I went to Catholic school, which is, oh, Indiana's really big, right? Indiana's huge. Yeah. It's like 50. Okay. We have a lot of grad students and stuff as well, but yeah. Um, well, also I feel like at Carolina, it's like, you kind of have to find your group and it's pretty hard to find your group. Like, I was in a sorority, so that's a little bit more like clear cut, but I feel like for other extracurriculars, you're just kind of like on your own trying to figure out where you fit in. So I just like joined a bunch of stuff my sister had done, which seems like cheating, but I just joined whatever I saw flyers for. I joined a comedy group that stuck. <laughs> it's like my <laughs> whole life now. And I also joined this. I don't know if Becca, you were ever familiar with this, but um, there's a literary arts, um, a co-ed literary arts fraternity on campus. That's cool. like usually referred to as like the gay art frat. Um, we throw the most insane parties and do so much acid. Allegedly, <laughs> it was the weirdest community to go like straight from homeschooling into that because it's like of course I want to experiment with drugs and alcohol and making out with people and then it's like welcome to our gay sex group whipping party <laughs> um <laughs> I love the idea that a good girl's gone sad experiment with making out um yeah literally <laughs> because that is absolutely a phase like I feel like only good girls gone sad no, which good girl is a gender neutral term it's a state of mind we always mm-hmm. like to point that out. Um, but it's like, if you, if you like, if you talk about kissing in stages, then you might be a good girl. Like there's stand up kissing and then there's lay down kissing. And like, that's, that's something else. Entirely. So that was, that's experimenting with making out like, oh, did you lay down kiss? That's so true. I was always, cause I didn't have like sex. I was such a late bloomer. So all of my hookup experience, I would refer to making out as hooking up first and totally. foremost. It took me forever to realize that everyone else was defining hooking up as sex. <laughs> I was always make, make, made people know very clearly that I was making out because I did not want anyone to be under the assumption that I would have sex with them or anyone, maybe ever. Um, I wanted <laughs> everyone to know. <laughs> yeah. I remember being so logistically confused at like how sex could work. I asked this to like multiple because I when I was a freshman, I, I got to like talk to in the fraternity. The great thing is you get connected with like the juniors and seniors you can talk to. And I asked multiple people the question of like, OK, so you're talking to someone and you like them. And then how on earth does that conversation turn into you having sex? How does <laughs> kissing turn into sex? They're so different. Yeah, it's a fair question. And also when you're watching like teen movies in particular, they're always just like kissing and then they look at each other and they're like, are you ready? Are you sure? Yeah. And then they have sex and it's like, don't we be teaching the world about like, warming up like don't we need to 
talking about foreplay because a lot of us were just like, is that so you just say like, yeah, I'm ready. And then you do it. The worst part about that education on TV, because again, everything I know about society after being homeschooled is like from TV and the way that like sex gets initiated really quickly on TV. So if I was making out with someone and I didn't want them to get the wrong idea, we would have like just started making out and I would be like, I'm not ready to have sex. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) I used like, I used to be like, before we like, you know, stop dance floor making out, you need to know. (laughs) I am a virgin and I am still going to be one at the end of the night. <laughs> um, I don't want to give the wrong impression, but all of my clothes will be on the whole night. <laughs> oh, thank you for pointing that out. That just so you know, memory. just so you know, we're not going to have sex. It was just like, that was like my line. I was, and I, I like think it worked. Like, I think people were more interested in me because of that. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that's I, what I thought would happen to me too, because the line is so like sassy. Like, just so you know, we're not having sex. <laughs> what really happened is dudes would be like, Yeah, we're not having sex. What are you talking about? No, you're <laughs> like, <laughs> it's more like reassuring your like they're reassuring. They're like, yeah, this isn't se- we're we're not having sex. Like right now, like the current that what you think tense? this is we're not <laughs> yeah. having sex um I still did that on first dates I thought I had to do that on first dates oh, yeah. when I started dating I was like by the way um your glasses are nice and we're not having sex wait but sometimes when? you do have to sometimes you do <laughs> when did you say that on first dates like when I moved to New York City like when you're out at a restaurant oh yeah oh you did at the restaurant <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't even gone to a second location yet. like the bread bowl comes out and you're like Listen. just so you know you can spring for as many appetizers as you want it's not gonna woo me into taking my pants off for you <laughs> um yeah <laughs> that's amazing that's very relatable it was mostly like well okay we talk about this sometimes where if you grow up in a religious like purity culture environment you are taught that every man wants to have sex with you like there's no such thing as having a platonic male friend which so I was like I'm for the first time in a big city entering strictly non-platonic situations I have to really cover my bases and let these men know what I'm about also they were not men you have to fight off suitors they were boys who took me on dates at that at improv jams that they got up and performed it It's also so disappointing when they tell you your whole life that every man desperately wants to get into your pants. And what they're referring to is like the pedophiles that the church is sheltering. But then you like get older and you're like, so glad every man wants to get into my pants. And it's like, no, really a fraction of them. (laughs) Many of them are just playing Frisbee right now. (laughs) You're just sitting down watching men play ultimate. That does not mean you're on a date. That's so um, church though. That's my that's my <laughs> Ken so, moment. That's is so funny. Uh watching men play frisbee. Yeah. And not they won't throw it to me, but that's okay. I'm just I'm just there to watch. They're so good at it, frisbee. Why would I ask to be involved? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, Hannah, um, you are cool. I'm not. <laughs> According I mean, to Hannah your, Jones cool. Hannah Jones cool, Sid King loser. But I liked being a loser. I was like so comfy in my loserness. Um, and I still am. Anyway, she's going to a puppet show after this. I'm literally going to a puppet show after this. <laughs> That's puppet beautiful. French festival in New York City. I'm so excited. Yeah. So when that you make me a loser, oh, wait, sorry, no, it doesn't cool. make me a loser. That no, that it doesn't only, at all. It, that was unrelated. Puppets and you being uncool, not related. It was just like a transition. I to also- you're not a loser, okay? I chose the I chose the cool in my username because Hannah Jones is taken and I wanted it to be one other word that everyone knows how to spell. And um, I was like, what adjective would I really most like people to start associating me with? <laughs> it was very much like a kid picking her own nickname. I was like, that must be because everyone says I'm so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I literally texted Sid and was like, we should get Hannah Jones cool on the podcast so it's sticking fuck yes it's like part of your last name thank you Hannah Jones cool wait so I want to talk more about the college transition because I feel like that is something we have talked a lot about on this podcast and I'm curious like when you were growing up did you 
feel really religious? Like, did you feel very connected with God? Like, was Jesus your BFF kind of thing? Or were you just like following the rules to get to leave? I grew up with like a very specific type of uh, Christianity that was very like intellectually based is I don't know if you're familiar with Presbyterianism that much. And we weren't even, we wouldn't call ourselves Presbyterian, but my parents had that like vibe where it's like about reading and studying the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's not like we were never spiritual and I would never get that like feeling in church of like the Holy Spirit is in me. But I think the thing that kept my family going is like this sense of like, without having to dive into any like deeper, complicated questions about human life. It's like I have intellectual superiority in the realm of the Bible and that's enough. So then what that meant was when intellectually I stopped believing in the Bible, mostly because the Bible is not very nice to women. (laughs) And it's like women are so dumb and can't do anything. And I was like, that's not really jiving with what's going on in my head um, where I feel like I could do a lot. (laughs) And so once I intellectually didn't believe in the Bible anymore, it's like there was no other component to it. There was no other deeper Jesus is my BFF feelings. It was just like, oh, if I don't believe this, that's the whole thing. It's just like the intellectualism of it. Interesting. Becca has this thing about rules, church and vibes, church. Um, Yes. Catholicism, rules, church. You're Methodist, Methodist, very um, vibes, very vibes, church. And you were just rules, not even church. Yeah, it was, it was so weird. Methodist is such a vibe church. I like distinctly remember when I was a kid wishing that I had been born. Um, I would wish it like this because in my mis- my mind, this is how it worked. I was like, I wish I was born a Methodist or I wish I was born a Lutheran because they're two very vibes-based church where people are fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Methodist church like is very, I mean, I feel like a lot of mega churches are Methodist. And that might not be a true statement, but I, I feel it in my bones that a lot of mega churches are, but like we had the, um, we had like a praise and worship service, which was like the band and, you know, they would do like the, the guitar strumming with the synth vibe where you're just like very quietly under your breath, talking to God and like very much like the original ASMR, the original (laughs) ASMR. Yeah. It was very soothing. Like I remember the first couple of times I went because we joined that church when I was like, I don't know, eight, maybe, maybe younger. But I feel like the first couple of times we went to that, I was like weirded out because people like would lift their hands up and like sway and like get re- like, yes, Jesus, like that kind of thing, like while we were talking. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> like We didn't do this at my old church, but it's very emotional. And then it's like, then I feel like Methodist is kind of in between the like, because you are encouraged to do Bible study. You're like encouraged to unpack everything, but then it's also like super emotional. Like if you don't think Jesus is your best friend, like then I don't know what they're teaching you because that was like, like I came out of it being like, okay, well, intellectually I have all this stuff, but then like more for me, it was like easier to be like a lot of these things, but I'm still kind of like, yeah, but I'm going to pray. Like I'm still going to like mm. think that Jesus is cool and stuff like that. So it's a weird balance. When I was like eight or nine or 10. So my parents basically like were a part of a church before I was born with my siblings. And then that church kind of like slowly became a mega church. And then my parents were like, that's not cool. That's too vibey. That's not rules enough for us. And they like splintered off. But so there was an era when I was really young where we would still occasionally go to that church because the pastor was a family friend of ours. And it was becoming a mega church. People were really spiritual and like lifting their hands up. And I remember so vividly like looking around and being caught in the most social anxiety paradox because you're like everyone else is like putting their hands up because Jesus is vibing with them. But like in my family, no one is. And my family is acting like that would be super weird. So as a young kid, I don't, it's like that moment where you're like, do I go with the group or do I go with my family at the exact time in your life that you're discovering what society is basically? Yeah. I would get so panicky. 
I definitely remember doing the like looking around, seeing if other people were into it. And if they were, then I'd get into it too. But I'm not going to be the first one. Like, yes, I was like, I'm willing to be swept up in this, but I need to make sure I'm not going to be swept up. And everybody's looking at me like, what's up with her? (laughs) It's literally like going. It's like going dancing with your friends now. It's like Mm -hmm. you're like, as long as like you guys are really dancing with abandon, then I'll get into the music. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's being at a wedding. Like who's mm-hmm. going to the dance floor first? Mm-hmm. Who's going to the dance floor first? Yeah. yeah. I just thought of something. Religion. Religion. That's pretty good. When religion That's is so when smart. you come uh, rules church, it's religion. Religion. I was holding that in for three minutes. <laughs> I went, ooh, I got to say this. I like it. I like it. I like it too. Enough for me to wait three minutes to say it. It was good. Um, so would you say that's like what made you sad? Oh yeah. You can transition there. Mm. you're going to college and like just kind of being like yeah okay so not to get like so vulnerable and real but like this is something that I've unpacked with my therapist so much like because I was raised with such rules church vibes when I lost my religion I like didn't notice but I would like replace it with things so I had like different eras of my life where when I first rejected my religion and I joined this arts frat which is like a secret society and has a bunch of like weird very like gothic traditions and and all these like parties with all these rituals as a part of it and at that point it was like God was Alexa Chung basically like the chic art girl is like the pinnacle of moral goodness and so I was like oh my god like I need to be skinny I need to be chic I need to be like aesthetically with it, I need to have taste in art. I need to have opinions about furniture. <laughs> I still like felt Eames. like I was. I need a chair. I need a chair right now. I need an Eames chair. <laughs> yes. And I like tried so hard to be that person. I like was, I was in a lot of like writing classes. I switched my major to English. I was like really into the idea of being a cool art girl, but it took me so long to realize that I was like faking it just as much as I was faking the religion. That was just my new religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I covered my mouth when you said like, you like the secret society stuff. I literally became guard of my sorority because I was like, we need rules. And if I would like stand up and like, be like, you have to keep the secret. So guard is like the ritual chair, the keeper of the secrets. Yeah. Initiation, yeah. Like all of this, I was pretty into it. And I remember standing up there and being like, and if you tell our secrets, then we're what? Just a bunch of friends who pay a lot of money. This is a sisterhood. <laughs> you, like, re- you roasted them. <laughs> and I remember and they were like, yeah, that's literally what we are. are. <laughs> I was like, I'm here because I respect Alpha Delta Pi. We live for each other and for Alpha Delta Pi. That's like our motto. And uh-huh. uh, that's intense. It was that's so, so intense. intense. It was so it's like intense. the military. Yeah. And I like let people into chapter. And if they didn't do the secret signal the right way, I'd be like, you have to redo it. And I was kind of like militant. Um, and yeah, that definitely replaced religion for me. Cause I was, I really like religion gave me a raging superiority complex. And I was like, I could just mm, yep. make them elect me into superiority that sounds rad well and it's like religious based right yeah our especially our sorority definitely has like christian founders yeah i think a lot of we're the oldest one too it was founded in 1851 so it was like Mm -hmm. very ritually yeah my secret society was founded before the civil war whoa it was also banned from the ifc because it was a fraternity with all dudes but then it led in um a woman and they were like, absolutely not. But then it was icky? still, Can't have that. what? I said they went icky. <laughs> yeah. So then they're like, well, you're not a fraternity, but they were still within like the general Panhellenic council. Or is that the girl one or I don't know. Yeah, they were still within the like Greek life umbrella, but then they let in the first um, black member and the first Jewish member and the first um, Japanese member and the first openly gay people and openly trans people. It's weird because it's like a very regressive institution, but it's like, but we're the most progressive of the regressive institutions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, it's like say ice cream is bad. It's like, oh, we're just froyo. 
you know, yeah. like if you think ice cream is bad, like Curtis Froyo, I don't think ice cream is bad. Everyone enjoy ice cream. Should I talk to my therapist about why that's the first thing that came to mind? The first analogy? Probably. Yeah. Froyo has like deep ties to the Christian mega churches. Yeah. Um, sweet frog. <laughs> Let's talk about yeah. sweet frog. It's oh, like really? The most religious mm-hmm. institution, like other than, I guess, Chick-fil-A or like, um, oh, also Saxby's. That's one that I feel like we don't talk enough about. They like print Bible verses on their cups and stuff. Oh, yeah. And but, cookout. Yeah. Sweet Frog was like, when I found out that they were like super religious, I was like, that's so random. <laughs> like, why is Sweet Frog religious? Other than the fact that like every Christian person's first date was getting froyo. I think that's why. Christians love Froyo. Going to Yopo as a first date was the most like Christian at Carolina thing <laughs> of all time. There's yeah. a frozen yogurt oh, place. Eaten. Oh, yeah. I yeah, have yeah. Yeah. at like, Becca's wedding. She didn't have Yopo at the wedding. No. We went to Chapel Hill after. <laughs> but I forgot you did that. Yeah. So you're in on it. I'm in on it. Um, I think, do you think it's because we have like no choice really as Christians? Like, we feel a little bit limited by God. So it's like, but we could put a million toppings on here. And that was like, you know, our escape, be my escape. That might be be looking into it a little bit too much, but I do like it. I think maybe it's more just like an alcohol-free outing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's the Christian version of a cocktail. Mm -hmm. It really is. But I think there is something about, you know, showing your identity, like, because whenever I went with the cool kids, I would feel pressure to get like the cool toppings. And then sometimes- What are the cool toppings? Yeah, I'm actually dying to know. I think we should rank them. (gasps) We should. Least cool to me is gummy bears. I think gummy bears on Froyo is trash. Because- I knew I was going to find out I'm a loser. No, my sister loves gummy bears. I think Oreos are the coolest topping. Sorry, I've just been thinking about this. Okay, I think- Yes, I think sprinkles are kind of like low on the totem pole. Yeah. Yeah. Coolness. That's for babies. That's for Mm -hmm. babies. Sprinkles are for babies. No, I think the coolest one were those popping boba because they had just come out. Oh, yeah, I know. Popping boba. Did they like like explode? Yeah, they're like full of juice. Yeah, I never tried those. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know the term boba back then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just like the little fish eggs. Yeah, Yeah. we call them fish eggs. And I think that was kind of like, it's like, ew, it's a fish egg. You know what I mean? So you think that's the coolest? I think to me that was the coolest. No, yeah, that is what a cool bitch would coolest. get. Because it's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Sure, they explode in my fucking mouth. Who cares? Like- yeah, I think that um, M&Ms were cool, but I mm. hate cold M&Ms. Oh, I love cold M&Ms. I don't like cold M&Ms and I don't like them in a cookie. I think I don't like I M&Ms. I love M&Ms in a cookie. I actually love like any, any dish that has M&Ms in it. <laughs> But Anna, um, what was your coolest topping? Okay, so now that I'm thinking about what toppings are cool and not, because when you first brought it up, I was like, what are you talking about? Toppings aren't cooler than one another, which is generally a sign that like, if you haven't been engaging with the coolness of the toppings, you're (laughs) on the wrong side. (laughs) And my go-to toppings, I would either have a fruity or a chocolatey night. Okay. And if I was having a fruity night, gummy bears, gummy everything whatever. If I was having a chocolatey night, it would be like probably like Butterfinger, maybe like the peanut butter chocolate chips. And then may, um, I really liked the wet walnuts, the walnuts and syrup. So oh. fucking good. But I think all of those are kind of like not, they're not cool. Topics. No, I think peanut butter chocolate I chips gonna were say. cool mm-hmm. because they were like, the, you don't just like get those at the store. I think Butterfinger is cool too. Actually. I think Butterfinger is cool too. Walnuts, ew. Thank you. Wet walnuts, no. <laughs> so, but you had to, you had to humble yourself, you know, like you yeah. can't just come out swinging with the big guns. Like, no, if I think about it, ordering wet walnuts in front of a bunch of high schoolers is like eating a booger. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say like, no, the wet ones, the ones that are in the, not the dry ones, the can ones you- in the tub, please. And then can I get wet walnuts? <laughs> it's I a humiliating big, name. I was a big strop, like fresh strawberry. Mm-hmm. And I think I thought oh, I was already. Yeah. I was big. And the cheesecake bites. Oh my God, I forgot cheesecake about the cheesecake bites. bites. Those might be cool. Those were cool for sure. I think fruit is cool too. Like as, we're not as cool. a person who doesn't like fruit, I think putting fruit on your Froyo was cool. <laughs> Maybe it like getting Froyo with my cheer team. I was not cool. No, not cool. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I wasn't the least cool. And then I went, yeah, no, I was the least cool on my team. 
And I mostly liked being loud and also thrown. Like that was that kind of cheerleader versus the like cool girl. But getting Froyo with my cheer team was always so intimidating. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is, I was like, I got to order last. And then there's always the pressure. How much is it going to weigh? How much is it going to cost? Yeah. And then you feel stressful. like a little, I would always feel like a little bit like self-conscious if mine cost more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my like, God. We're the- like that's so 70 grams of froyo like well yeah let's talk about eating disorder culture and froyo because I used to I was literally just trying to think of what I used to get and in college when I was like always like I need to lose weight which that didn't stop in college I don't know why I'm acting like I've recovered but when I was in college that was very much something that went through my head all the time and I would get there was like a raspberry froyo and then I would just put like a sprinkling of chocolate chips on top and try to make it like as small as possible and then I would like you know go home and like eat chips or whatever <laughs> but that was really I, I felt like at the froyo place it was like what you choose says a lot about you and I need to fraught with politics yeah yeah it's so weird. I was um on volleyball, homeschooled volleyball, which is not cool, but all the mean bitches were on the volleyball team. It was like the cool girls did soccer and the mean girls did volleyball and I did speech and debate. I think so. that's universal actually now that I'm thinking about it. Really? It was pretty under the radar. Our volleyball team was really good. I actually wouldn't say a lot of them were mean, but some of them. I went to a Catholic school. None of us were that cool. I'm on a level set, but everyone was smart. Like you were only not cool if you were dumb. Wow. Well, well, so the volleyball team, um, I was like also the only chubby one and we had a sleepover one night and I was like the only one that didn't really like click with everyone else. And I fell asleep first and they like drew all over me. I didn't really realize at the time that like falling asleep first it's like known that planks, pranks get played on you because I didn't like, um, I didn't like go to a lot of big group sleepovers. I only went to like two person sleepovers. So then I thought it was like a lot more personal than it was. Oh. <laughs> I was like, they just drew all over me. It's like, no, but you just fell asleep. That's so sad. But yeah, when you fall asleep at a sleepover also says a lot about you. It's also fraught, I think. Um- what was the weirdest thing that happened to y'all at a group sleepover? Like there was one or like the weirdest girl. This may be mean, but I just have to bring up the fact that there was a girl that would pretend to talk in her sleep and like gossip in her sleep and try to stir drama. That's incredible. No. Did everyone know at the time she was pretending? I I did. I don't know about everybody else. Did she spill like good tea? No, it was like <laughs> lies. Oh. She was like trying to start drama. Like what kind of, can you repeat any of the lies? Nothing that I remember. I just remember being like, um, let's see, probably some kind of example of like people who liked each other, but it was a lie or like this girl mm. talking behind this girl's back. Um, classic. Talking behind this girl's back is such a classic high school like thing uncorroborated mm-hmm. behind back talking yeah yeah and it's well, never specific it's never like she said this about you yeah. it's like she was talking behind your back. your back well also like I'm a I'm a firm believer that like you don't need to know you know it's not going to make you feel good that they were talking about you so unless it's something like really important that needs to be addressed you just keep that to yourself or you say to the person talking behind their back like Hey, that's not nice. Don't talk about my friend. But you don't have to tell the friend because then people don't like her. And now she knows people don't like her. I don't know. I also hate conflict. So maybe this is a me thing. But I feel like any situation where people would be like, so-and-so was talking bad about you. It's like, what is this going to do for us? It's just going to well, divide. I was such a petty tattletale, though. Like, I would tell people if something was happening. One time I, like, ruined a, her girl's own birthday party because people were talking behind her back. And I birthday party. at her birthday party, it was like an all class thing. And um, they were talking badly about her. And that's I so sad. Re- somehow had a recording of it on oh my, my flip phone. And I took it to her and I played it for her. And I was like, why did I do that? But I, I re- only remember this because I remember feeling so powerful. You were like, I a closed reporter. my flip phone after that happened. And I was like, 
we ride at dawn basically i was like let's go talk to them i played it for her closed my foot phone it was also this was at an ice skating rink of course so it was like absolutely so cinematic and then thanks for the memory starts playing wow I do agree with you, Becca, that like <laughs> you shouldn't tell people that. And now I'm I no don't offensive. Know. Now but, I don't. Now I don't. I have grown and evolved. But well, the thing that I found a passion of mine. I found that over in the course of life, anything you're frustrated about someone else with, anything that you're gossiping about, like she's so this, she's so that, like passes. Like you just like forget that shit in like a month, but the feeling of everyone secretly hating you because one time everyone was being mean and you didn't know that you like carry that with you for the rest of your life. Once that wound is open, it never heals. That's so true. I have talked to my therapist about this before of like, well, I've said things and be like, I feel really bad that I was saying that. And she's like, you don't have to feel bad about like talking about situations like you you know, if you're like spreading nasty rumors, that's one thing. But like, if you're just like unpacking to somebody something that happened and you like are frustrated or annoyed at the person, like that's not bad. Like that's just normal processing of emotions. And I'm like, no, it's gossiping, which is really bad. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like that's something that like, I don't know, you have to kind of like find a balance of where you're like, you have to be able to like talk about stuff. And like we, a lot of times we'll talk about things and be like, oh, I feel bad that we talked about that. But then it's like, I mean, we're just talking about it with ourselves. We're not hurting anybody except for, I guess maybe when we put it on the (laughs) internet, but normally we take that stuff out. So that is a like really bad habit that I used to have. I was such a shit talker. And I feel like, I mean, especially in comedy, it's so hard to not Oh, there's so much shit to be talked. (laughs) But I, now I have like a rule for myself where it's like, well, I just, and well, this is the always the way it's been. I just never shit talk girls. I only shit talk boys. And it's like, I feel like that's allowed because that's actually, that's actually our whisper network of accountability. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is when I shit talk dudes for being like kind of weird to me. (laughs) Yeah, as you should. And I think especially (laughs) with comedy, like, if, if you know like if they have wronged you personally that's one thing but I know I form opinions before I ever really get to know people it's hard to get to know people like they're truly who they are in comedy you just like see them on stage or like you hear things through the grapevine and there's like I have so many concocted ideas of who people are and then you finally meet them and you're like oh no no I'm so sorry I feel really bad about that I mean I don't tell them in person but I have so many experiences that are so embarrassing of like hating a person and like telling my best friend that I like don't hate that person or telling my boyfriend that I like don't like that person. Um, And then they'll be nice to me like even once. And I'll be like, I was so wrong about them. That's exactly how I am. in a group conversation recently. And so now we're cool. (laughs) I like if somebody like literally if somebody says something nice to me one time, I'm like, what a great person. (laughs) Yeah. That's truly all it takes. Yeah. But then also if like I introduce myself to them and then I start rambling and I'm weird. I'm like, that person hates me. They hate me to their core and I should probably hate them back no I'm I'm usually like they hate me and it's my fault no it's it's up to me to make them like me again (laughs) no yeah Mm. um so sorry we went on absolute tangent with the froyo is there anything else about going sad you'd like to say you got vulnerable and then I was like but what about ice cream (laughs) yeah you really did make a metaphor that turned into a whole new segment (laughs) yeah it was an incredible metaphor um let's see I would say that like yeah it's just so interesting the way that like being religious I feel like I was like expecting certain ways like when I lost my religion there's like the trope and I was expecting like oh I'm gonna feel so ashamed about sex and it's like no you're gonna have like a binary worldview that you struggle to get out of for the rest of your life because of heaven and hell I just feel like it only affects me in the most like unexpected ways and I know a lot of other like former religious people because there's something that connects us all and we all just like end up in the same spheres (laughs) and it's so funny realizing that other people are like yeah like I I thought it was just gonna be the shame about sex thing and it ended up being so much weirder (laughs) yeah well thank you so much for being vulnerable yeah thank you and thank thank you you guys telling us your froyo orders (laughs) yeah hope you have fun um 
So now we would love to ask you for your Good Girl Glossary entry. The Good Girl Glossary is the definitive list of people, places, and things that make up a good girl. Yeah, I'm going to say the television show Zoom on PBS in the early 2000s. They had a, like a rotating cast of kids, like the uh, like Mickey Mouse Club. And like specifically, they would teach you DIY crafts and snacks. And I was obsessed with that shit. And they did like sketch comedy. Yeah. Those kids were improv professionals. And I'm really impressed by them. To this day, like if I married a Zoomer, I'd be like, you don't understand. I married the coolest <laughs> person in the world. I think Literally. PBS kids in general is just very good girl gone sad. Like, yeah. or very good girl, maybe. Because I don't think there's anything sad about it. I think it's a great place. Well, perfect. the first place I watched Zoom was um so at my so my homeschool group had a co-op on Wednesdays we would all show up on Wednesdays and like the moms would teach different classes my mom taught speech and debate another mom taught like biology and um there was like this period around lunchtime where my mom was teaching a class that I was too young for so I would go out and hang out in my friend's 15 passenger van because they had 10 kids and their 15 passenger van at the front had a cooler with all their like lunches in it and on top of the cooler was like a little tv with rabbit ears and the only channel that it could get was pbs and so we would watch zoom and reading rainbow wow that's so specific i love it that's a, like a beautiful memory <laughs> yeah, also yeah. the 10 passenger van for the large homeschooled family 15 becca 15 passengers 15. that really hits home i we like I, there were a lot of homeschool kids at my dance studio and that played the violin. Like the thing, the activities that I did were homeschool activities, even though they are. I went to public school, violin especially. Like I never, played violin. Yeah. <laughs> did you do Suzuki? Yeah. Do you have like a sp- favorite Zoom memory or craft or like something that has stuck with you? You remember the fake language that they had called www. Yes. <laughs> language and other kids like couldn't really grasp it but for me it came so easily (laughs) and I was like my special talent on the playground I was like you guys are such losers like I can speak it fluently I don't even have to like pause and think about the words it just rolls off the tongue do you remember still I mean yeah but (laughs) (laughs) but I can't do it is it like a real language or was it just like sounds that they made? You just add up the syllable of after the consonant, but before the vowel sound of every syllable. So okay. like, yes, would be yabes. And that's it. But you do that with every syllable. So it just takes forever. That's I, what they invented. That's like... um gibberish did y'all ever speak gibberish you add the ga in between so like my name was like and it took so long to be like <laughs> rebecca takes like that many this is what like nine syllables now wait and we used to talk about that all the time the thing is gibberish is kind of like a universal term it comes yeah. from how people in gibraltar sound because they really were a colony um in between spain and morocco so literally the wackiest noise, like it just, it sounds weird. So it's like the rock of Gibraltar is that's where they speak gibberish. Wow. Yeah. So it's kind of like a universal term, actually. There's like all different kinds. Well, of yeah, no, I know that gibberish is just oh, okay. a word, but okay. we well, called that language gibberish. Latin that is such a fun fact. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell that to so many people anytime Please they get do. I, Like besides tattletaling, my passion in life was obscure fun facts. Fun facts. Yeah. Fun facts. Facts that I make fun. You know, it's only it's, a fact, it's in the telling. It's a fact till you make it fun. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, true. um, well, I I was trying to get you to do it because I wanted you to be like, don't make me speak ooby dooby or whatever it's called. What do you don't want me to say me in it? Oh, just say the name of it again. What's it called? Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi language. Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi language. Um, well, I second the nomination, Becca. I third it. All right. Thank you. The TV TV show show Zoom. Zoom. All right. That's the official noise. You're in. So then the last thing that we do is we play a silly little game Mm -hmm. and we write Um, a new game for every guest. What's the name of the game? Your game is called Palindrome Pals. Did you come up with this? Yeah, I didn't even tell you about that. 
Um, okay. So since you are obviously Hannah Jones, cool, um, we're going to name a famous Hannah and then you have to guess a cool thing she did. Some of them are real people. Some of them are fictional characters. Um, but yeah, the, it's really just Great. random trivia that we don't expect you to know <laughs> just which cool thing did Hannah do? Um, would you like to begin? I would love to. Um, so the first one is Hannah Simone and she plays Cece in new girl. Um, Cece in new girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, she I, married that... Schmidt. Yeah, well, she married Schmidt. That's a cool thing she did. I didn't watch New Girl. Mm. Um, I actually was a little scarred because people constantly compared me to Zoe Deschanel. Okay, Hannah Simone, CZ from New Girl. Did she double major in A, drama and music, B, international relations and political science, or C, fashion, merchandising, and business? B. That's correct. Because I remember she was like surprisingly smart. Not, uh, no, hang on. Not because she has perfect tits, but like just because she plays a model in the show. Yes. Dizzy. Okay. I love that. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> there were like three facts about her on IMDb and that was one of them. Hell yeah. Okay. Two. In Hannah Montana, when Lily came backstage in the pilot episode, what did Miley do to conceal her true identity? She put a pie Hannah in wear a face. giant floppy hat. She got it. She oh. didn't even need the choices. <laughs> she did, in fact, shove her face into a pie. <laughs> More Hannah Montana trivia. I've I watched the um, episode so many times. I love it. I did put uh, put on a green face mask, thinking that maybe because the pie is like you know whipped cream pie, I thought maybe it'd be tricky. But nope, you were too good. Is Hannah Montana the one that puts uh, ketchup on her hands and pretends it's moisturizer? Yes. Yeah. Mm, that stuck with me for a long time did we all try it a little bit did we all see if it would moisturize you, you know cover right. hands and ketchup you know who I think is in that episode is um uh Corbin Blue right yeah she's like he trying is. to impress Corbin Blue with the ketchup I think a yeah. that just made me realize that but I just got a vivid memory of that cafeteria she just gets nervous to talk to him and so she accidentally squirts ketchup on her hand and then he's like why do you have ketchup on your hand and then she's like yes <laughs> and pumps more true. you've never put ketchup on your hands it's actually so moisturizing you're the loser and I really respect her for that except for she says it like it's moisturizer what are you talking about oh my god everybody's got trying to <laughs> and you know what I also really respect her for being um an anxious fast talker yeah hey Miley how's it going getting some ketchup for my veggie burger i see like mayonnaise never tried that on a veggie burger and maybe i should but not today because you know what a lot of people don't know is is it's also a wonderful moisturizer people used to tell me in middle school that i reminded them of hannah montana and i was always thinking that it was because like i had like big eyes and brown hair or whatever like pop star energy yeah i i seem famous but in retrospect i think it's probably because i just like said a lot of words to get one point <laughs> out <laughs> Get a lot of blurting it's number three another fictional character hannah horvath from girls did she a read a story she wrote at a moth performance B, punch Marnie, Marnie. <laughs> then Marine, punch Marnie on the girl's trip, or C, propose to Adam over soup? A? That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> nice yeah, C, C was tricky because, Did spoiler she propose alert, to Adam? Spoiler alert. She breaks up with him over soup. They break up over soup. They, oh, so oh that's when he says good uh, soup. Because okay. it's a proposal of sorts. Like, they kind of think they might. Big spoilers. I kind of think they might raise Hannah's baby together. And so that's why I was like, let's put the over soup situation in there. Yeah. Because um, we all know good soup, whether or not we watched girls. I had to stop watching it with the um the Q tip stuff. It just like really <laughs> made me want to throw off a little bit. Um Fair. okay, number four. When the bachelorette Hannah Brown broke things off with Luke P, which of the fo- following things did she say? You don't get to judge me. The only judgment I'm worried about is God's. B, I've had sex and Jesus still loves me. C, I love Jesus and I love sex. Get over it. C. That's correct. Oh, wait, did you say B as in boy? No, I said C, C, C. Oh, oh, it's B as in boy. She said B as in boy. Pretty sure I heard a B (laughs) as in boy. It's B. Did I get it right then? She's like, I'm too honest. (laughs) Yes, B. Because you said B. Yes, I have had sex. You know what? Perfect still loves me. 
iconic moment. I did think the other ones like captured the energy. I actually watched that whole eight minute scene to come up with these things. And it says to like, try to put it in her voice. <laughs> I've had sex and Jason still loves me. She does not have that thick of an accent, but no, but she has a pretty thick accent. Um, I've never watched uh, The Bachelorette Universe. Oh, that's well, okay. Yeah. That is okay. It's okay. Am I excluded from the good girls club? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. no. It. Although, how do you feel about Taylor Swift? Good. Okay, great. great. Oh, another one for the Taylor Swift another jar. Taylor Swift jar. <laughs> we we talk it. about Taylor Swift by accident in every single episode. So I decided we're going to have a Taylor Swift jar and we haven't decided what cause we're going to donate to. No. But probably some sort of environmental cause that every time we say Taylor Swift, we're going to donate to. <laughs> because she's so bad emissions. for the environment yeah yeah we're gonna offset those emissions yeah i feel like Great. we should also have a therapy jar it's like well my therapist and i yeah that's yeah. true the tea jar i already have a therapist jar and it's my therapist bill every month <laughs> i guess that's true okay uh you're next okay number five hannah gadsby before becoming a comedian which of the following jobs did they have a projectionist projectionist excuse me in an outdoor cinema B, zookeeper's apprentice, or C, puppeteer at a carnival? Uh, A. That's correct. correct. Did you, did you know it was that one? Because I couldn't say the word, so I clearly didn't pick it up. (laughs) No, I had no idea. The idea of a zookeeper's apprentice is so carnival coded. I love it. Actually more carnival, but being a puppeteer at a carnival, I was like, Honestly, all three of these rad life experiences. I think I added puppeteer because you said you're going to a puppet, puppet show. show. And yeah. then I was like, I have to skedaddle right at 830. I have a nine o'clock puppet show in Manhattan. <laughs> and I'm, I wore my puppet sweater here, but I was sweating. So I have my stretch. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, Hannah from the Bible. What is she most known for? You want to just guess? Oh, yeah. So it's the no, actually give me the choices because okay. I sometimes get her confused with Rachel. Mm, so true. It's like modern day names like they're they're different. Literally. The same. Yeah. Marrying Jacob, washing Jesus's feet, asking God for a child and then getting one. Asking God for the child, right? Yeah. 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 And you know who else? What did Rachel asked- do? Sorry. Uh, married Jacob. Okay. I was looking at Rebecca because I was trying the other modern day one. Yeah. And Rebecca also asked God for a child and had two. And one of them was Jacob. What was different about when I asked God for a child? Oh, wasn't I so old? Wasn't Hannah like such a, like, okay. So, uh, every year hag vibes. Yeah. (laughs) Because my family didn't celebrate Halloween every year. There was a, um, I forget what it was called, but it's like a trunk or treat kind of situation at the local church for Mm -hmm. our homeschool group, for our Awana group. And um, everyone dresses up as a Bible character and like every bitch dresses up as an angel, right? Because it's like a pretty girl thing to do. And then every fucking year, my sister and my mom were like, you're going to dress up as Hannah because you're named (laughs) Hannah. Isn't that so cool? And I was wearing like a burlap sack with like a rope tied around my waist. And so finally one year, I think I was like 11 and I was like, shut up, mom, shut up, Jenny. I'm going to be a fucking angel this year. And she was like, okay. And I got my angel costume is a bed sheet. And I went, and that was the year that no girl dressed up as an angel. In fact, that was the year everyone stopped dressing up. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful <laughs> metaphor for life. Sometimes you're Hannah, you get to really? become an angel and then everyone else stopped mm-hmm. dressing up. Well, mm-hmm. um, the thing that I read about Hannah and I did not have this knowledge. I Googled it. So I don't want anybody to think that I know stuff. You're not a baby <laughs> Billy Bible bunker. Anybody oh. else on Righteous Gemstones? Pick? Oh no. But people keep telling me I need to watch it. So. Everyone needs to watch it. It's so good. Um, The thing about Hannah was that she said, if God gives her a child, she would like give, like sacrifice the child to God's work. So she like, oh. the child and then took him to the temple. Just kidding. But- I wasn't promoting righteous gemstones, but. Oh yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't- promote. TV shows on this podcast you're a literal scab you'll never work again we did a um strike episode for our last episode because a lot of people have been asking us to talk about barbie and by a lot of people i mean one girl and me and a couple people like mentioned it to me in passing and that totally counts well also the one dm we got was extremely passionate and we're like that counts it's like maybe multiple asks it meant a lot but um 
yeah, so we we were trying to like explain the strike and everything. And I was talking about how I'm so afraid of scabbing and I'm not in either. I'm not in really any union. I'm not in a single guild. Union free. <laughs> um, I was talking about it. My sister texted me and was like, you can't scab if you're not in the union. And I was like, that is not what the people on TikTok are saying. They are yeah. saying that creators can scab. And so I'm following Accidentally. All and it's scary. I'm so scared of that too. It's like, mm-hmm. Hannah, you wish. I saw that TikTok that was like, warning, lots of creators, they're going to start reaching out to you for yeah. what would be a union job. And I was like, oh my God, like this is my moment to really show that I'm pro-union. No one's reaching out. I know. Well, I, they might be, and you're just rejecting him. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. You know, people are (laughs) knocking down my door saying promote this movie. And I'm like, you know what? I have standards. So keep your (laughs) (laughs) $50,000. Keep your $100,000. I did one brand deal one time and was like, the floodgates are open and like literally have never been asked again. Other than like, People being like, we'll give you $50. And I'm like, I no, I'm not going to do that for $50 or like, I hate the emails, the emails that like start out sounding like a brand deal. And then it's like, apply here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are rough. Love it. Okay. Well, the last one we have is just a bonus question. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you read any of Allie Hazelwood's silly stim rom-com books? It's okay. (laughs) I just saw this on the list of famous Hannah's and I was like, this is funny. One of them went extremely viral for being a Kylo Ren Ray fan fiction, but set in a chemistry lab. Fun. Oh, I didn't even know that. I've read several of them. You don't know the love hypothesis is Star Wars fan fiction? No. And I've read that one. (laughs) Yeah. She's literally where she has like a Ray bun it's Adam oh, Driver she is a she is a big Star Wars person though in the book I think. Well, the author is also. Well, that's it's it's, it's oh. like zero percent. It's very thinly veiled. Interesting. In the way that I'm pretty sure. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, internet. Um, but I think it like literally started out like on one of those fan fiction websites. Wow. It's like Wattpad. Legit. Okay. Wow. Well, anyway, we can. Do you want to say it still? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, these are, we have three silly little rom-com. It's actually better that you haven't read them. I think that makes it more fun. Um, and one of them has a main character named Hannah. So we are going to read you the description of them and then you guess which one it is. So a is love theoretically the story of a theoretical physicist who moonlights as a fake girlfriend. B is below zero. The story of a NASA aerospace engineer who finds herself injured and stranded at a remote Arctic research station and C love on the brain. The story of a neuroengineering scientist who gets a career making opportunity at NASA. Also important to note, they all fall in love with their nemesis. They're all science ones. Hannah's such a nerd. Nay. <laughs> well, this, this author only writes science yeah, fan she, fiction. It's like her thing. Oh, okay. Also, one thing I will say is the first one she wrote or with the first one I read, I don't know if it's the first one she wrote. I think it was love hypothesis is very cute. And then beyond that, I cannot recommend. <laughs> they just all kind of have the same storyline, but they're like set in different labs. <laughs> and they're all like the tiniest little scientist who ever existed. And then a six foot four hunk of a man who played <laughs> division one basketball. And now he's a science professor. And it's like, and yeah, he's a little bit He's a little bit mean. He's a little bit mean. He's inside on the inside. He's so nice. Below Zero was NASA, right? Well, two of them were NASA, but yeah. Below Zero, she's the aerospace engineer. Yeah. And, but she's stranded at a remote Arctic research station. That one. Yes. yes. Correct. Wow, you're very good at this. I got a perfect score, except you're for the one that score. you missed. Oh, <laughs> you can take that Take that with you. Take this gold star with you. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Well, congratulations. congratulations. That was impressive. We always tell people that they won, but I think you actually, you actually won. You actually won. Um, so yes. next we just like to, what we say, pass the offertory plate, um, mm-hmm. which is basically your opportunity to plug yourself. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I am on Hannah, at Hannah Jones Cool on everything. And I also have a podcast. If you're a podcast listener, which you are, you could listen to mine. I was listening to it today. Lovely. Really? Thank yeah, you. Very fun. Thank you so much. Very fun. Wait, did you tell us what the podcast is called? Yes, tell us. 
It's called Help with Hannah Jones. Um, but I think that I am maybe going to change the name because the name is not super important. Um, because I think like when I first looked it up, like everyone had a podcast with that name and I was like, oh, great. That's public domain. And then when I last looked it up, it's like, oh, but one other comedian has a podcast with that name. So now I feel like that's not cool, but (laughs) I wish it was everybody. And it was just the most boring name, but (laughs) yeah, got it. I love the premise though. It's very fun. It was. Thank you. Um, and then we do one final thing. We close every episode by saying Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. Just as a gentle reminder, we we have mugs and crop tops and things that say it as well. Usually if people had mi- have made it this far in the episode, they agree, but <laughs> yeah. we just like to put it out in the world. Yeah, I think so if you'd like to say that with us, you're more than welcome. But if you're not, yeah. I actually love calling people whores on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I will. Okay, great. Uh, one, two, three. Jesus, Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the, on the internet. internet. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's your cat's name? <laughs> Listeners, Hannah's cat has taken over (laughs) the camera. It's my time to shine. Hannah's cat might call people whores on the internet. (laughs) You might. Absolutely preventing Hannah from joining in unison. Um, Well, we'll let you get back to your cat. Wait, what is your cat's name? Yeah, what is your cat's name? Her name is Binky. Oh, that's really cute. Of the Thackeray Mm. variety? Of the what? Sid loves to make references. <laughs> I said of the Thackeray variety, like Thackeray Banks from, um, you know, Hocus Pocus. I'm so sorry. No, I, I'm I, sorry. I was thinking like a baby blanket named Beaky. Yeah, That's like cool. a baby blanket. Really, really good niche reference. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, it's, it's niche in the way that I phrased it. Um, but also it might just be niche in general that we also, we end every episode with Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. And then I make an obscure reference <laughs> right at the end of the episode. Uh, for the strike episode, I started singing Newsies and uh, our guest and Becca just stared at me, but it was important. I got actually, I got feedback that people laughed at that. Good. So, um, Fuck yeah, go me. All right. <laughs> All right, Sid's got to get to her puppet show. But thank you so much for coming on and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story with us. Good luck in all your Thank you guys for having me. This was so fun. This was so fun. Sounds like you have a ton of shows coming up. That's awesome. She comedian booked and blessed. Love it. God willing. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus when all people whores on the internet. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me, Becca Stevenson, at the Becca Stevenson on Instagram and at the real underscore Becca on TikTok and Twitter. You can find me, Sid King, at Sid period the period King on Instagram. And you can find us, the Good Girls Gone Sad, at Good Girls Gone Sad on Instagram and TikTok. You can also email us at goodgirlsgonesad at gmail.com. If you would like to submit a glossary submission, you can DM it to us on Instagram or send it through by email. Also, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will mail you a sticker and a matchbook. If you DM it to us on Instagram, just have to give us your address. Five-star reviews only, please. Also, don't forget, if you want to drink your morning coffee out of a mug that says Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet, you can do that with our merch, which you can find via our link tree. We would also like to thank Emery Bergman for our amazing logo and Luke Lima for our amazing intro and outro music. All right, there's only one thing left to say. Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. And neither should you. (laughs) Bye. Bye.